thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hey everybody, it's Kaz Jaff here and it's a little bit of a welcome back because this is our first episode after the Best Of series. There are 10 episodes where I relaunched uh, the best, uh, all my faves basically and lots of information that I thought you definitely must listen to and the top downloaded episodes as well. So if you didn't hear those, go back and listen to the previous 10 episodes from this one. But for this episode, we are discussing uh, raising natural super kids and a super important topic. And uh, before I get into uh, our guest's uh, bio, I just wanted to say we talked things about things like leaky gut and the blood barrier, also peanut allergies and why they've become so prevalent, uh, probiotics and prebiotics and, and antibiotics and a whole lot of things uh, that we really all need to know about in this uh, in this day and age. Um, anyway, so if that all sounds new, you really do need to listen. Um Jessica Donovan is a mum of two. She's a naturopath and a holistic health expert who helps families thrive. She's passionate about educating parents on nourishing their children with real food, helping to boost their health and heal naturally. Jessica combines her extensive naturopathic knowledge with a realistic, empathetic, inspiring and down-to-earth approach to empower women to look after themselves and take charge of their well-being of their families. Jessica has created an ebook. Five Food Secrets of Kids That Rarely Get Sick to help parents boost their kids' immune system with real food. And you can download your free copy in the show notes. So you'll find those either by signing up to our newsletter or you can find them on thewellnesscouch.com or you can also find them uh, in iTunes, uh, either on your on your phone where you're listening now or in iTunes on your computer as well. Really excited to bring you some fresh new content. I've got lots in store for this year and uh, enjoy the episode. Hey Jess, very excited to have you on Mums the Word. Can you please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hello, it's so nice to be here. Um, so my name's Jessica Donovan. I live in the south of Australia. Um, I have two children, Jasper who's nine and some who's almost seven, and I'm a naturopath. So uh, we have just returned back to Adelaide after a big trip. Um, we've been travelling for 13 months doing a big lap around Australia. Um, so we're just, just settling back in. The kids had their first day of school today, which was a big sort of change for them after a year on the road. Absolutely, um, yeah. Yeah, so I have been a naturopath for over 15 years now. So I studied sort of straight from school um, and since having kids myself, I've started sort of specialising in, in mum's health and also kids' health. So, yeah. It's really funny how when you go through it yourself, that becomes your main focus because you're reading. You become an expert anyway, right, because it's your experience. So you may as well you know, make it your focus. And that was really congruent for me as well. Well, I'd love to hear your journey to what you're doing now. And, um, yeah, also some little little tidbits from your adventure sounds fun as well. But, um, yeah, let us know how did, how did that journey all um, unravel. Yeah, sure. So um, like I said, I, I sort of studied to be a naturopath straight from school. And then I, when I graduated, I was um, in my early 20s and I wanted to go traveling. So um, I, I went traveling the world, backpacking around and um, working and um, working my way sort of around the world. And I got some amazing experience as a naturopath in London and in other parts of England and in Canada. So it was a great experience. Um, career-wise as well as as you know life experience and then um, I ended up spending about five years overseas um, traveling working adventuring um, came back and we kind of settled down pretty quickly my husband who wasn't my husband then traveled with me as well and we came home and um, I started practicing and we bought a house and we um, got married and then we got pregnant so all of that sort of happened happened fairly quickly. Um, and then I had my first baby. I was 29 when I had him. Um, and, you know, that changed my life as, as it does becoming a mother. 
Um, and so I've always been interested in in kids' health, like I said, but I think having kids of my own just made me realise, you know, how how absolutely precious they are and um, also the the sort of crowds that I was hanging around when I had had a baby you know in mothers groups and play groups and um, swimming lessons and all those sorts of things uh, they're the sorts of people that started coming to see me in my practice when I started practicing again so I started seeing lots of mums and then lots of kids as well Uh, and so as a naturopath, and I'm sure you probably relate as a chiropractor, you know, if, if someone brings some, you know, if you get good results in a certain area with someone, then all of a sudden you're sort of inundated with, with lots of people with that um, specific sort of condition. So that happened to me um, with eczema. And I had some some good results with some kids with eczema, which is a a condition that's, you know, hugely on the rise. And so I started seeing lots of kids with eczema and and with that, kids with allergies and asthma and um, other immune challenges. And so I got lots of experience in that area. I did lots of research in that area. And I decided I wanted to to branch out and um, reach more people than I could you know, in my clinic working one-on-one with people. Um, and the benefit to me personally um, about taking the plunge into into sort of online business was that I got to create sort of more freedom in my life so I didn't, um, you know, have to sit in clinic five days a week, which can be pr- pretty exhausting. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how how the sort of the, the, the journey started. And so I... Um, it was probably about three, four, yeah, maybe four years ago that I started my online business, Energetic Mama. Um, and, you know, that's all about helping um, mums and, and kids sort of thrive. So I work with lots of lots of different people with lots of different sorts of issues um both in my group programs that I offer online and also the the one-on-one work that I do um over over Skype so I see lots of lots of kids that are are constantly sick um that have have gut issues um that have uh, like i said uh, allergies eczema asthma and also behavioral and also neurological conditions um and that's sort of the direction that i'm that i'm working in in more than the mum's health um yeah now yeah it's almost like you know it's our responsibility to make sure these kids have a good start so i can understand the passion there um what what are some of the common things that you're seeing parents bring in with their children? I mean, for me, my my head is starting to tick, tick, tick with all the um, complaints that you've mentioned, you know, how that relates also to the birth that the child has had. Um, you know, that that's something that I'd love you to touch on as well. But what are some of the common struggles that parents are having now? Yeah, so it's, you know, not um... – I think kids' health these days is is declining in a lot of areas, which is really sad because you know we do have the the resources. You know we live in a in a fairly privileged time. We have access to you know good food and water and all of that in in the Western world. So obviously the rate of you know of re- really dangerous infectious diseases has gone down. You know you know the risk of risk to our kids of those has gone down with um with access to these things and modern medicine and that sort of thing but the it's the the chronic sort of um, multifactorial issues that are on the rise and I've got some stats on my website that are pretty scary but things like autism and allergies and asthma and eczema and ADD um, or ADHD um, and weight issues in kids are hugely on the rise um, so they're the sorts of things that I'm seeing in um, the the family that I'm working with and um, yeah that are sort of rife in the community these days and it's funny you mentioned the birth because that's one of the one of the big questions that I always ask parents when they bring their kids into me is about how the pregnancy was you know what kind of birth they had were they breastfed because all of those things make a big difference to um, you know a child's health ongoing. Absolutely so um, you know the 
the children that are coming in, they're not really uh, small versions of adults. And so you and I both know there's a different way to look at, you know, their whole makeup. Can you can you go in a little bit more detail while why the kids are particularly vulnerable to these health challenges? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, you're right. Children are particularly susceptible to health challenges and it's because their their gut and their brain and their immune systems are still developing. Um, so they're vulnerable. Um, so there's sort of three main areas that um, we can look at here. So firstly, a child's blood brain barrier is not fully intact. I'm until so glad least... you mentioned that. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's not fully intact until at least two years of age. So like to put it into simplistic terms, because a lot of people are probably thinking, what what is this blood brain barrier? It's basically a, a barrier that protects the brain from whatever is circulating in the blood. So um, that barrier is not fully intact until at least two years of age. So that leaves the central nervous system highly susceptible to damage. Um the second thing is that a child's digestive lining is is somewhat leaky, so it's not completely um, it's it's not completely formed. If we think of the gut as you know, it's a it's a tube that's separate from the rest of our body, where you know our food goes through. Um, a child's gut lining is somewhat leaky, meaning that it's still it's still sort of porous, um, and also their liver detox pathways are immature. So that means that young kids aren't fully capable of handling toxins, um, and they can get high levels of systemic inflammation and oxidative stress in response to you know what, what for us adults is a is a real minimal toxin exposure. So um, you know these toxins that are all around us in our environment and also in the food that we eat are much more damaging to kids than they are to adults. Um, so when does that, the, when, sorry, when do those pathways mature? Yeah, so it, it, it varies quite a bit. Um, so, and, and it's, there's lots of different factors that are involved. So that's not, it's not really a question that I can answer because it depends, you know, it, it's sh- like um, showing that in conditions such as um, autism and um, allergies and eczema, though they're taking those sort of pathways and the and the gut health is taking a lot longer um, for for some reason for a multitude of reasons to develop. Okay. Um, so it yeah, it's different in different in each child. Um, and then the third thing is that the immune system is still developing. So. Um, when while the immune system is still developing, it makes kids much more susceptible to immune challenges. So you know we all know that kids get sick much more much more easily than than adults, and um, kids can often find it harder to get over um, infections. And also the balance of the immune system. So I like to sort of it, put it in a simplistic way. The immune system is a bit like a seesaw and there's one sort of part of the immune system that's responsible for protecting us against virus and bacteria and microbes. And the other part of the immune system sort of stops us reacting to things that we shouldn't in our food and in our environment. So that, you know, that seesaw of um of the immune system is sort of constantly swaying and with kids it can take a while for that balance to um you know to to get that balance right and that's why things like food um allergies and intolerances and also asthma and eczema those sort of more allergic conditions are much more prominent in kids than they are in adults so really you're talking a little bit there about the autoimmune and you know i guess if technically you and I, you know, the T1 and T2 helper cells, the balance there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that, yeah, that's sort of constantly swaying in kids. Yeah. And so, it, yeah, it, it can um, mean that the immune system, it, it just takes a little while for the immune system to kind of to kind of find its place. And there's so many different things within our environment and our diet that are affecting that, that sort of immune balance um, that we can sort of, we can have some control over as, as parents. Yeah, so basically almost there's that balance between being 
super reactive to everything that you start that immune response, for example, mm-hmm. nuts and all these sort of things versus that mm-hmm. you don't actually build any immune response. That's really what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot for, yeah, it's, it's so clear that they just need a whole different process. Yeah, and I mean the um, you know there's so many that the kids are just exposed these days to so many more toxins and chemicals than than even you know we we were as children. So oh, yeah, and it, there's just, yeah so many more and more being released into the environment, and um, you know when we're not even aware of a lot of these things that that um, we're being exposed to or our kids are being exposed to us. So I think that is a big part of it. Yeah, from everything you're saying, like e-numbers to toxins in, let's say, the carpet or the paint or, you know, aerosol sprays or, you know, who knows, chemtrails, vaccine, like all these sort of things basically. It's, it's just it's, yeah. it's a minefield. It really is. And it can be really overwhelming as a parent. I remember when I was studying naturopathy and we did a, a subject environmental medicine and I was just, you know, I used to leave those lectures and just think, well, you know, what's the point of even doing anything? Because there's so many things that we can't control. But I think it's really important to look at the things that we can control and we can really make a big difference in our in our, in our family's health if we just make some sort of small um, changes. Because we, we, you know, we live in the real world we live in in the western world so we have to um i guess accept that there's going to be these things but we have to, we have to look at what we can change otherwise we, it just drives us crazy <laughs> correct correct and well i'd love you to get into some of the i guess um yeah what people can do like a bit a bit more than nitty-gritty because like you said the external environment is unchangeable well, what can we you know how can we do our best to just make sure that we're raising supernatural uh natural super kits yeah so there's lots of different things we can do i mean we've been talking a little bit more about um you know toxins but i um you know like to focus on on food quite a bit and the the chemicals and um toxins that we can sort of control through the foods that that we're feeding our kids and our families and you know it doesn't mean that we have to become complete health nuts because i think you know that puts parents off you know it's either we you know there is definitely something something between that norm of feeding feeding our kids heaps of processed food and having them stuck to their iPads and the other extreme which is you know feeling like we need to go completely paleo or um, you know which is just sort of over the heads of, of a lot of parents so there's definitely things that we can do that are sort of you know a, a middle ground that can make a big difference in our in our kids health so um, some of the things that I like to encourage people to start to focus on is adding nutrition into the food that their kids are eating. So you don't have to completely, you know, take away all their favorite foods and replace them with, um, you know, health foods that they're probably not going to eat. But looking at the dishes that they like to eat and the foods that they like to eat and just thinking of little ways that you can add nutrition into those foods. So, for example, if your kids love pancakes, <laughs> which most kids do, um, you know, try replacing the the regular white flour with just a little bit of buckwheat flour to start with, or start to put some chia seeds or linseeds um, either in the batter or sprinkled over the top, and put um, some fresh blueberries um, and a little bit of um, pure maple syrup as opposed to the, you know, the the Um, fake stuff so just making little changes like that can really make a difference and when we focus on getting more nutrients into our kids that really helps them to be able to um, deal with the toxins that are that they're exposed to and also um, you know build their health up so that they're more robust to be able to sort of you know live in our everyday world Um, Organic is another one. Like you don't need to go completely 100% organic, but starting to make some changes towards organic um, is definitely a good move. So um, that re- that reduces our, um, you know, the exposure that we have to pesticides and other chemicals that are spread on our food. And it also means that we're eating more nutrient-rich foods. So even just making, you know, a few changes um, in terms of organic 
organic produce um, can make a big difference. And there's lots of ways that you can do it that are affordable. You know, there's organic boxes and organic co-ops all around the place. So um, perhaps like looking at getting, a, you know, joining an organic co-op or getting a regular organic produce box delivered could be a way to go. And I think um, there's also, if you just Google the dirty dozen, it's almost like, you know, which ones you should always buy organic and which ones aren't as important. For yes, example, exactly. You know, so for yes. you know, some things that have a very hard skin, you might be okay if you didn't buy that organically versus things that you really should always make sure you buy organically. Yes, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's that's a uh, you know a really good tool and really easy to find that online. Um, and also, you know, if, if budget's an issue because you know organic food is generally more expensive, then look at some of some of the cheaper items like you know um, if you're buying lentils and beans and rice and those staples are fairly e- you know fairly easy to change over to organic because um, they're they're not too pricey. Um, and then when it comes to the environment, uh, plastics is a big one. So, you know, plastics are all around us and it can be really tricky to get rid of them completely. Um, but looking at the way that we use plastic, so um, pl- whenever we heat plastic, the chemicals from the plastic are, are released. And, you know, we're, uh, I, I just cringe when I hear of or see people, you know, heating stuff in the microwave in a plastic container or, um, you know, often you're buying these these pre-made meals that are in this sort of plastic wrapping and they're designed just to put straight into the microwave. So that's a big no-no and drinking water from plastic bottles that are warm. Um, so plastic becomes more dangerous when it's being heated or when it when it's warm because those chemicals are sort of leaching straight into the food or the drink that we're eating. Um, and just trying to start to change over to more um, or, or less plastic in the kitchen. So you don't have to completely throw away all, all your plastic, but gradually making the change when plastic containers sort of start to get old, then perhaps moving toward, towards more glass or stainless steel um, things in the kitchen is a, is a good um, idea and also with cleaning products and cosmetics and toiletries just starting to move t- towards more eco-friendly natural organic um, sort of products in those areas can help as well yeah I also think, I mean, it's, it's it's not me in the urban living style, but I think, you know, people in a large backyard and living in Australia, sometimes just growing your own stuff is also really fun with the kids. And, you know, I know my daughter, a friend of ours, you know, has a very big veggie patch and my daughter loved picking things in there and cooking it. And it was just a nice little project, almost like a little activity to do together. So I think if you've got the space um, and, you know, and will, that's also a really great way. Yes, yes, definitely. I totally agree. And I think getting kids, so growing your own veggies is one thing and then getting kids involved in that food journey. You know, my my kids won't eat um, parsley generally. I love parsley, so I put it in green smoothies and they they, they screw their faces up. But when, we grow, when we, we're growing parsley, they'll eat it straight off the plant from the garden because they've, you know, had that sort of connection to it. So, uh, yeah, I... I, I totally agree that having um even grow you know even growing just a few herbs or just a few leafy greens if you've only got a small space can make can make a a big difference and get the kids involved in in that food journey yeah I think one of the the tricks that I've used along the way is is making smoothies with the kids you just touched on it there you know yeah um especially my daughter she's not great in in terms of any protein really so having um you know kids protein powder mixed in you know yeah it's it's been helpful yeah definitely my daughter's exactly the same she's almost seven and it's a real struggle to get protein into her oh they're the same Um, my daughter's also six and a half I think yeah I I don't know if it's a textural thing or a taste thing she's just not into it yeah, and and yeah, I think it's really important not to, you know, when you've got the knowledge of what our, what your kids should be having for optimal health, it can get really frustrating when mm-hmm. you know the kids kids won't eat it. But I think it's really important to, um, you know, to respect their their choices and to yeah be creative in ways of getting those things into them. So yeah, like a, a um, you know a clean protein powder in a smoothie is something that I use 
with my my kids um, at times as well, for sure. Yeah, especially, you know, like morning after school, you know, whether it's the yeah. time thing but also just wanting to give them a good start. I mean, what, what are some great breakfast options that maybe that would be really handy for the listeners? Yeah, so breakfast can be a really tricky one. And I think, you know, generally we get breakfast all wrong because it's, um, you know, it's breakfast cereal or it's toast. And so it's high carb and it's high sugar. Um, and there's not a lot of nutrition in, in those sort of um, general breakfast that most people eat. So, again, like I said before, folk don't um, perhaps just completely change the breakfast that your kids are having because that, you know, kids generally don't like change and, you know, there's a lot of fussy kids out there. So if your kids like having toast for breakfast, maybe you could switch the bread to a, you know, a healthier bread like a sourdough, rice, belt, um, um, like something a bit more nutritious. Um, you could put some scrambled eggs on top of the toast um, because that adds the protein and the good fats. Eggs are just so good for you. Um, I like, you know, smoothies for breakfast are great as well because it's a good way to get veggies and fruit and you can put a put some protein in there as well. Um I'm I'm a big fan of like making a loaf of some sort on a on a Sunday and then having a slice of that through through the week. So I've got a recipe on my blog which is really popular, which is a pumpkin date and almond loaf, which is made just with almond meal and it's really simple. Um, so things like that can be really good. Um, but yeah, it, you know, um, some homemade granola and some natural yogurt is another good one. So thinking about make, making sure that they, there is some protein in there. So that could be in the form of eggs um, or nuts and seeds or like a protein powder in the smoothie like we talked about. Um, and healthy fats in there as well are great. So eggs have healthy fats. Um, nuts have healthy fats. Um, you can make a homemade granola with nuts and seeds and coconut oil, which has got healthy fats in it. So if your kids are just having like a carb-heavy breakfast, they're going to be hungry an hour later. Um, so adding the protein and the fat makes it much more much more nutritious and, and helps them it be more long-lasting for them as well. With so much great information provided on each episode, we've created an easy way for you to stay up to date on keeping your family happy, healthy, and safe. For exclusive content, as well as show notes, links for everything we discuss on the episode, as well as a free newsletter to help keep you informed, visit mumsthewordpodcast.com. Thinking about also protecting them as well from, I guess, the daycare, you know, ongoing, you know, snotty noses and things like that. I'd love you just, you know, to, I guess... I want to sort of wreck your brain a little bit as the naturopath, um, just to chat a little bit about probiotics and um, and that for kids and newborns as well. Yeah, sure. So I'm a big fan of probiotics, both probiotic supplements and also in food form, like in fermented foods are um, really important, I think. So um, you know, the, the, the way that I sort of like to explain it is the fermented foods have a really broad range of, of good bacteria in them, um, but in sort of small amounts. So lots of different bacteria in small amounts. And the um, the supplements generally have, you know, two, three strains of, of good bacteria that have been, the good ones have um, been scientifically proven to sort of be beneficial to the immune system and to the gut health. So I think they definitely both have their place. Fermented foods can be tricky to get into kids. <laughs> the earlier you start, the better because they do have that real distinct sort of um, taste. So, um, you know, some kids eat them really easily and, and others don't. So even just getting started with just the juice of, um, you know, like sauerkraut juice, just a little bit um, in, you know, mixed in with, with their food can be a really, a really good start and it kind of helps their palate to um, get used to that that sort of taste. But probiotics are really, really important um, in gut health. And so um, they help to promote good gut health and they um, help us to be able to digest food and eliminate waste and just have a healthy functioning gut, which is really important then for the immune system and also for mental health. So, um 
the I think it's eighty percent of the gut of the immune system is located in the gut. So without good gut health, you know, our immune system is is less likely to to be healthy. And it's one of the areas as a naturopath that I always start when I'm seeing people um, and kids with immune issues is is working on the gut and those probiotic levels. Um, and then there's also links for for mental health. So. Um, there's more and more studies being done in this area of um, how gut health and um, the good bacteria in our gut positively affects our mental health. And there's, you know, there's been studies to show that things like depression and anxiety um, are much more prevalent in people that that have that sort of poor gut health and the poor um, the probiotic levels in their gut. Yeah. So um, let's. Just, I, I never really am 100% clear on the answer. Let's say a child has a UTI and they have to go on antibiotics. Is it wise to let them do the whole course before they start probiotics or is it wise to sort of alternate throughout the day probiotics or with the antibiotics? I'm just never, never 100% yes, clear what the best way to do that is. Yeah, such a great question. Generally, I recommend waiting until you finish the antibiotic okay. and then taking a course of probiotics. So, Without a probiotic. Me too. Thank you. That's what I was also saying. But it was like, otherwise, it's just sort of undoing it, you know. But um, yeah, yeah okay. because you've got to be, it, it's otherwise, it's a, they're expensive and it can be a waste of money because yeah. you're taking Feeling a probiotic yeah. and then the next, the next antibiotic, you know, is going to wipe that out anyway. Well, so. there are mixed theories and opinions about it, but that's what my sort of common sense told me as well. Yeah, I mean, there are exceptions to the rule in terms of, you know, people that are on long-term antibiotics, then, it, yeah, it can be a good idea to, you know, give them some probiotics to to support their their gut health and their um, good bacteria levels while they're taking it. But like a general sort of everyday course of antibiotics, I would always wait until afterwards and then... Um, double the dose for a good sort of 10 days afterwards um, and then go and then take the maintenance dose for, you know, a a good four to six weeks after that. It does take a long time to replenish that that good bacteria um, in the gut. I was always told, and that's what I um, tell clients as well, is that almost like you need to finish two bottles worth of the capsules before you can be in the clear. So, um, yeah. Is that, you know, in terms of the kids that are coming in um, with asthma and eczema, from memory there were some great studies on reducing um, those autoimmune issues in kids that had um, probiotics like, or the mother took it in the pregnancy and things like that and obviously a vaginal birth mm-hmm. and things like that. Is that kind of the pattern that you see as well, that they, you know, didn't have great colonisation to begin with? Yeah, often that definitely is the case. So there's a particular strain of um, a probiotic called LGG, um, which is really beneficial for mum to take in the in at least the third trimester and while she's breastfeeding. That that has been clinically shown to um, to reduce the risk of asthma, eczema, allergies, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that particular strain it can be really beneficial and that, that strain of probiotic can be really beneficial with for kids with eczema and asthma and allergies, that sort of thing. And so, yeah, the, the, also the studies are showing that, um, you know, babies that are born C-section are at, at a higher risk and, and also kids, babies that aren't breastfed or aren't breastfed for, for you know, are long enough um, are at more of a risk as well because they just don't get the beneficial bacteria um, through the through the birth canal when they're being born and they don't get the beneficial bacteria from mum. So, you know, there, there might be lots of mums listening that have had C-sections or for, for whatever reason or weren't able to breastfeed their kids um, for whatever reason. And so it just becomes more important in those kids to make sure that you are, you know, I would supplement um, all kids that, that have been born C-section and all kids that aren't sort of breastfed or all babies that aren't breastfed with some probiotic supplements for sure. And have you got, I know you're in Oz, um, but just for the listeners, because there are a lot of listeners in Australia, have you got some great brands that you would recommend? Yeah, so the brands that I generally go for are the practitioner-only brands, so you can generally only get them through practitioners, chiropractors, naturopaths, that sort of thing. I love um, the Metagenics 
Exploring Air for Kids. That's yeah. a really good one. Um, I also love the Bioceuticals Baby Biotic for really young ones. Um, and the inner health brand that you can get from most pharmacies through health food shops, that's fairly widely available. That's um, that's a really good brand too. So they're the, they're the ones that I would generally go for. And then most of them have a, a different formula for, let's say, the mum to take herself um, if she's breastfeeding um, and also in that third trimester. And then there's another product for people who aren't who directly is given to the child. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you want to give the, the, the kids, the, like the kids formulations are um, much better for children. I mean, it's not going to be dangerous for kids to take the adult version, but the, um, the, the just the, the blend of the different strains of good bacteria, are, you know, are more specific for, for the kids in the kids formulas. What their gut should be having at that time. Exactly. Yeah, because gut, the you know the um, the bacteria in a baby's gut differs from a child's gut differs from an adult's gut. Yeah, yeah, which is exactly why they're able to have different foods and digest them. Um, one last question, because I want to just: What do you think is the reason for all the peanut allergies that you and I didn't have at school when we were little? The allergies, did you say? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, obviously, you know, my kids were born in in Europe. And I can send them to school even now, you know, with peanut butter sandwiches, no issues, and you can send them with anything. And, and obviously having lived a year and a half in Australia, coming to Australia, it's like, you know, they can't have egg in the daycare. You can't send food with egg, peanuts. I mean, so many things. Yeah. Like, what do you think that is? Because you and I didn't have that when we were at school. Yeah, I know. It's so true. And I've, I've talked about this before to my community. Like, you know, if you were, I was a child of the of the 80s. I was born in the late 70s. And, you know, at school, there was, you know, there might have been one child in the school with eczema and, a few, you know, a handful with asthma and, you know, maybe one with autism and um, allergies were, were so much less common. And they are so, so much more common now. It's crazy. Um, so it, it's hard to pinpoint one thing. When it comes to allergies, I think the the um, hygiene hypothesis has got definitely is, is a big part of it. So that's basically the theory that um, the, the more hygienic we are, the um, less chance the immune system has to, to develop. So exposing um, our kids to germs early on is actually a good thing for their immune system. And these days, you know, we're using hygiene sprays. You know, there's ads on TV making mums feel like they have to spray down every surface with antibacterial <laughs> um, chemicals. We're using, you know, these hand sanitizers, and it drives me crazy that they use them at school. You know, the kids line up and well, that's before, the supermarket um, as well, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're everywhere. Um, and so before food time, um, you know, certain teachers will, you know, give everyone a little squirt of this this hygiene um, hand gel. And so, you know, when and then our kids are eating food and that antibacterial gel is being ingested, you know, parts of it are. Yeah, and wow. so that's yeah. then, yeah, and then that's then, you know, affecting the the good bacteria in the gut in, in you know, much the same way as antibiotics do, you know, wiping out that, that healthy bacteria. Um, same with, you know, dishwashing liquid and tablets and there's all this, you know, antibacterial stuff. So we're we're washing our dishes and, you know, in a dishwasher with antibacterial um, cleaners and then there's still, you know, residue of these left on the plate and then we're putting our family's meal on it and we're eating it. So all of these things are definitely, um, you know, are adding up to contribute to the, the gut health being out of whack, which is, is a big contributor to things like allergies. Yeah, and generally also the common cold, I think, like that as well. You're just generally disrupting their ability to, you know, combat, yeah, little things that are passing by in school and daycares. Um, Well, so much information. Thank you. I just wanted to move into a little bit of... um, if you could just share a little, because obviously you're a mom and and, um, you've got two kids, if you could just share some of the best advice that you ever received. In the parenting Ooh. realm, I guess, or something that just helps you as a parent. This is stepping yeah. away from you, the professional. This is now moving into you, the mum. 
Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I think, uh, you know, one one sort of quote or saying that I always go back to, particularly when I'm feeling frazzled and overwhelmed, is um, the only thing that exists is now. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really focusing on being mindful and that, that sort of really anchors me and reminds me to be mindful and focus on what I'm doing right now. Because so often we all we live in our heads and, you know, we're, we're doing one thing but we're thinking about the million of other, other things that we've got to do after it. And so um, really making sure that we regularly, you know, or for me, making sure that I regularly centre myself, even if it just means a couple of deep breaths and focusing on, on you know that that um, oxygen going in, and then me breathing it out. Focusing on my, um, you know, how my shoulders are feeling, how I'm holding myself, um, and focusing on what I'm see, what I'm sort of sensing right now. So I, I try and find uh, or try and have a couple of activities that I do regularly, which remind me to sort of center and be mindful and so when I walk um which I try and do fairly regularly um I will just focus on what I'm seeing what I'm hearing what I'm smelling so you know I'll be walking down the beach and I'll be you know trying to really feel the wind in my hair watching the birds fly by so um just really trying to to be in the moment right now and also when I'm with my kids I um you know, when when I sort of sit down and do something with my kids, that that um, is a reminder to me to be mindful. So you know, if we're building Lego or if we're coloring in or or whatever, you know, really noticing them and um, yeah, that sort of thing. Another another anchor that I have is when I'm hanging the washing out. I do that fairly regularly. So rather than hanging it out and sort of being rushed and stressed and thinking about, well, what am I going to cook for dinner tonight? <laughs> and I've got to go pick this up. And I, I really try and, um, you know, focus on just hanging the clothes up, focus on my breathing. So that is really, really helpful for me. Um, and I read a book, and you, I'm sure you know of it or have probably read it, Buddhism for Mothers. Oh, um, no, I haven't read it. Uh, okay, so that's that was one. I, someone bought that for me when I had, I can't even remember, it was a friend bought it for me when I had my first baby. Um, Sarah, I can't remember her last name, is the author, and that is an amazing book. That was, um, it, it's all about, you know, being present and mindful and, um, you know, trying not to get stuck in your head and, and focus on what's going on right now. Because I think when you've got young kids, I mean, my kids are a little bit older now, they're nine and um, nearly seven. But when you're in that sort of when you've got kids at home and it can feel a bit like Groundhog Day and um, you can feel like sometimes it feels like it's sort of never, never going to end, particularly when, you know, kids are sick or they're going through a challenging behaviour sort of stage (laughs) or um, whatever. So like really um, focusing on being mindful and, uh, you know, can really help. And another, another um, quote that I remember I used to always say to myself is, this too shall pass. Oh, I love I... that one. Yeah, that's what I say too. <laughs> and pick your battles is another one of mine. <laughs> what was that one? That I, that I should pick my battles, you know, like, yeah, sometimes it's, yeah, like it's not worth arguing about, you know, which dress that she wants to wear that's totally not appropriate for the weather. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, okay, whatever, you're going to learn that this is cold and or, for example, you know, just pick your battles, like save your energy for something else. But this two-shot pass is a great one. Um, yeah. Well, if you could share some other great resources that have helped you along your journey, whether they be in parenting or more towards uh, the topic that we've been discussing, that would be fantastic. Yeah. So I, I did want to talk about a book. Um, it's, not, it's not really a parenting book, but a book that I've recently read. It's called The Big Leap. Mm-hmm. Um, by Gay Hendricks and I read it thinking it was going to be a business book which it kind of is um, have you read it no I've heard of it though 
Yeah, I, I heard lots of people talk about it and um, I recently read it and it's, you know, it's basically about the, the fact that we ha- all have this, this comfort zone um, and whenever we attempt to break through it, whether it be in our career or in our relationships or um, financially, um, we sort of um, unconsciously create issues for ourselves because it's a scary place to be. It's sort of like moving out of our comfort zone Um, and I have just found that a really amazing um, I I found it a really amazing book and you know particularly when it comes to to relationships and recognizing um, when I might be creating issues that really don't need to be there um, you know in terms of my marriage and also with my kids so that was that that's really a fantastic book that I would recommend um I also love, uh, in terms of podcasts, I really love A Quirky Journey yeah. um, with Joe Witten. I think she's got, she's, um, they just have some really good guests and they talk a lot about um, kids' health and she had a, um, you know, she's had a, a, a sort of health struggle with her son and that, that whole journey is, is really interesting to listen to. And she's also a wellness um, catch just to make it easy for people. Yes, yeah. she is. Yeah. Um, and I think um, Joe's just got a very, you know, she's just likable. Like she's very relatable. And, Grounded. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I really like like her style and her approach. Um, and another podcast I've been loving recently is called Good, The Good Life Project. Another friend put me onto this one. It's Jonathan Fields, and he's just got this amazing interview style. It's not, um, it, you know, it, it, there's so many topics that he talks about, but he's got some really um, inspiring guests, people like Elizabeth Gilbert um, and Gabrielle Bernstein so it's fairly it's very fairly spiritual but he talks about lots of different um topics and it's not specific to parenting but I really love listening to that as well oh great great well I'd love you to share how people can uh, best get in touch with you and find out more about um the work that you're doing um and and please feel free to um tell us all about your Instagram and Facebook and things like that Okay, sure. So my website is Energetic Mama, um, and that's where I blog and there's links to my programs um, and, you know, a page all about me and resources and all that sort of thing. So that's where that's sort of the central hub where, where people can find me. I'm active on Facebook as Energetic Mama and on Instagram as Energetic Mama. And I do a bit on Pinterest. I probably, I need to do a bit more on Pinterest. <laughs> um, but I'm on, on all of those places as Energetic Mama. Um, I have fairly recently created a little free ebook for um, mums, which is eight essential whole foods for kids and ways to encourage kids to eat them. Um, so that's something that you can download for free and we'll put the, I think the link to that in the, um, in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's just a very sort of, um, it, it's, you know, to the point and it's brief, but it, um, really highlights, um, some areas where you can work on, on getting some, um, of those whole foods into your kids, um, and I have a natural super kids program. So that's kind of like my baby. It's an online program. It is, I launch it a couple of times a year and it's a six week program that you can do from anywhere. And it's really designed um, to inspire and teach parents about how to best nourish their, nourish their kids and, and boost their kids' health. So we cover um, lots of different things. We cover fussy eating. We cover nutrition for kids. Um, it's very practical. So there's, you know, breakfast um, breakfast recipes and ideas, lunchbox recipes, dinner recipes, snacks. Um, and then we delve into things like boosting and balancing the immune system, reducing chemicals and toxins and your exposure, your kids' exposure to them. Um 
skin health, uh, gut health, emotional health, mental health. So it's kind of like a, an all-round um, natural health program for kids. And uh, attached to that is a is a Facebook group. So there's a you know there's a real community feel where where parents can ask questions. Um, and I'm um, really engaged in that group. Interact with other parents in the program. So that's the main thing I'm going to be working on, um, just making that program sort of better and better and better um, this year. Fantastic. And then you did touch on that you are doing Skype consults as well. Are you still doing that? Yeah, so I do. Yeah, I do offer Skype consults. Um, and so we've, I think I mentioned at the start, we've just we've just returned from a, a year um traveling Australia so yeah I will be getting into some clinical practice just one day a week in my local area which is sort of an hour south of Adelaide um, and I offer Skype consults for people who you know who are who are further away um, so yeah that, that and people can just contact me via my website if they want more information on that it's not something that I've sort of um, got up on my website but it's definitely something I can offer. Oh, that's great, Jess. I just think because it's, you know, a global podcast and people listening and it's just it's just amazing, like you said, that you can be a naturopath and, you know, be on Skype. It's not something that chiropractic has mastered yet, actually, the ESP or the distance <laughs> adjustment. But um, I, definitely envy, I definitely envy the fact that you don't need to have a location that you should, you know. I mean, I love my practice, don't get me wrong, but it would be nice just to be at home and, you know, send out a little Zoom and people are adjusted. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the technology for that will, um, you know. Will, will oh, I hope not. I like. I like. I like touching people too much and having that contact. So it was more just a joke. But I do like the the how it fits into family life very well for you. Yeah, definitely. And I just love like that's what I love about the online programs is that you know I I have people. I'm in Australia and I have people from the UK and Canada and the States and um, South Africa and and Europe that um, enroll in my program. And I just think it's amazing that I can you know make a difference to um, kids' health all over the world. Yeah, and also yeah. like if you are a bit of a traveler, like you said, you are. You've now got places to connect with people and possibly stay with them along the way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been fantastic. You've answered a lot of questions that I had. Um, it's been really also learning uh, a learning journey for me too. And, um, well, just thank you for making the time and uh, for giving back, as you said. Thank you. It's been such a, a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks, Jess. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.